Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. First headline is internal. I'm going to try to give you one main card per month. Trying, y'all. You know, it's the first one of the year. It's the first one that I've done. Ooh, in over a month. Uh, things have just been busy. And one thing that's really been taking a lot of my time and my attention, rightfully so, and I think more importantly so, is Time Out, which I encourage y'all to listen to, drops on Sundays. And it's where we take time out from the sports just a little bit. And look to God for plays that will help our lives. So that's been my focus. And I will continue to be as faithful as the Lord allows with that. But because of the time that it takes, I can't put in as much into the main card like I want to. So I'm going to try to hit you with once a month on the main card. So be on the lookout for that. Generally, it will be in line with whatever the big fights are. So, may give you one for the Jones fight in February. That's the plan right now. May even come back and, and give one for, or just even a hot, hot take, or just a, a quick little insert one for the Wilder Fury pay per view as well. We'll see. We'll see. This is a work in progress. Again, timeout gets the most time. Pardon the pun. And if I have time for the main card, your man, the voice will give it to you. All right. So, again, outside of that, you know you'll get the fight night updates. You're going to catch me talking about fights on the huddle up, as well as I'll be giving you some reaction time. So make sure that you're looking out for all of those things. All right, into more fight news. At the all of the goings on for UFC 246, Kana came out and flatly denied the sexual assault cases. Well, what else would you expect him to do? I mean, really, you expect him to say, "No, no, I did it. Yeah, I, I did it." Now he said that time will bring out the truth and. That's real. It will. Will the truth be uh, positive for him? That's what time will tell. But I, I truly believe that in time, we will get the truth regarding Connor and all of the foolishness that he is linked to. What doesn't help is all the foolishness that we can prove that he's done, much less the stuff that we don't know about. 
Anyway, moving on. Demetrius Johnson won the one championship flyweight Grand Prix. And now he is looking to take the full-fledged one championship title. He'll be fighting the current champ, Adriano Moraes, in April. So be on the lookout for that. You can or you may be able to watch that through BR Live. Uh, you may have to pay for it. You may not. I don't know, but that's the place to catch it. Paul Daly said that he was fired from his analyst role with Bellator Europe. And he thinks it's because of what he had to say about MVP. You can go out there and read his comments on it. If it was for that, I don't think it's right. He made some very spot on statements. Now, granted, I know that Bellator tried to find some better opponents for MVP and they fell out. But, you know, he was like, he needs to fight somebody for real. And that's real. That's something that fight fans have been saying for quite some time. I know that Derek Barbaric Anderson was scheduled to fight him and he fell out. But come on, he's still a 155 pounder moving up to welterweight, just like Caveman did. Is it a more seasoned fighter? Absolutely. Do we expect him to get knocked out because he's fighting at a full weight class higher than what he normally fights at? Yeah, yeah, we do. So put him in there against Koresh Koff or Larkin or even about with Ruth or Gracie would get less flack from the matchmakers at Bellator. One of which is Scott Coker. And speaking of Bellator and Scott Coker, he has a new boss. Viacom CBS merged recently to make Viacom CBS. And in the restructuring, they put the their MMA organization under Showtime Sports exec. Mr. Espinosa himself, Steven Espinosa. Now, will that mean, or does that mean, that like their predecessor, Strike Force, which was on Showtime, that Bellator, and, and when I say their predecessor, I mean the organization that Scott Coker has been at the helm of. Will that now be on Showtime? Or will it find some other spot in the Viacom universe? You know, maybe it goes back to uh, MTV or MT. Well, it was on MTV too, but maybe it goes to MTV. I don't know. Uh, maybe they find another spot for it. Who knows? I know. I hope that it doesn't go to Showtime because I don't want to pay for another service. I mean, it's only eight dollars a month, and they do have some good shows. I must say, you know, I love Billions. I love me some Billions. And I've heard good things about the shot, but I got streaming overload right now. And I really am not trying to pay for another service if I can help it. So already paying for the zone to watch Bellator. I don't want to have to pay for Showtime as well. If so, we'll have to pony up that $8, but I'd rather keep it to myself. Get another meal throughout the week uh, that I don't have to cook. Anyway, I digress. I know that Paramount is not the spot for it because it's the only sports property on the channel that's dedicated to original drama. I mean, it's a fish out of water. So they got to find a better landing spot for it. Uh, it was stuck there because it was spiked before. But when they changed the format, yeah, it, it just did not fit. All right. Closing out 
of headlines and hot takes with a little bit of breaking news. That's right, from the UFC. It's official. Well, at least if you believe Brett Akamoto, who is Dana's go-to guy when it comes to breaking stuff. Israel Adesanya will take on Yoel Romero for the middleweight title at UFC 248. More than likely, that's going to be the headlining fight. There is another title fight on that card. The strawweight title being defended for the first time by Jean-Wei Li versus Joanna Yonsleichek. But I'm doubting that's going to be over Izzy and Yoel. Either way it goes, that card is stacking up to be nice and a really good way to kick off the spring. Last time, Bennett said that Yoel was pretty much the boogeyman. We know JJ's a boogeywoman. Well, he's calling Yoel pretty much a boogeyman because nobody wants to call the man out. Nobody wants to say, hey, I'll fight him. But as Rick Flair would say, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And if no one wants to fight Romero, it must be because he's super dangerous. And Izzy, credit to him, he want all that smoke. All right, on our prayer list for this episode, we have the man that Izzy beat to get the middleweight crown, Robert Whitaker. He and Bulgeric Cannoneer praying for them because they were supposed to be on this card, this card on March 7th. But Whitaker pulled out for some personal reasons. And that leaves Jared under the stress of training for a fight that he's not sure will happen. Or if it does happen, he doesn't know who he will be fighting and where that will put him in things. He's on a roll and fighting someone with the caliber of Whitaker keeps him right there knocking on the door of a title shot. It depends on who he fights next and how he looks as to whether or not he'll still be uh, in that upper echelon of people waiting to fight the winner of Adesanya and Romero. If he could get like Darren Till, that might work. That might work. Um, But we won't know until we find out, pardon the pun, until we find out who he's facing. Grant Dawson and Chad Skelly both have unpaid camps due to Dawson's withdrawal. They were supposed to be on the UFC 246 card, but they will not now because Dawson ran afoul with um, an out of competition drug test. And now he's got a hearing with Nevada. The test was done by USADA, but since Nevada was the one who was going to be um, sanctioning the fight, they have issued their suspensions and they're hauling them into court to talk about it. So praying for both of them because it's no fun paying money to prepare to do something to be told you can't do it. And this is how you make your money. That's just a bad look. Also praying for Josh Emmett, as well as Antonio Carlos Jr., as both of them have suffered injuries recently and will not be able to fight in their scheduled fights. That does it for headlines and hot takes. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one, too. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat.
Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one-two. And in boxing news, at the press conference scheduled for the same day of the college football championship game, which was genius, absolute genius, Tyson Fury said what boxing fans believe, at least most boxing fans, that he won the first fight between himself and Deontay Wilder. His claims of beating Wilder all over the ring in the February rematch better be accurate. Wilder has proven to be true when he said that his opponents need to be perfect for 12 rounds. He only needs to be perfect for two seconds. And I don't know if Tyson can pull off another Undertaker impersonation if caught with that lethal right hand that Wilder possesses. Joseph Parker's manager just may have lost his mind, or at least he's setting the stage to ensure that his fighter is well taken care of. He's publicly negotiating a fight which hasn't been ordered yet between himself and the former cruiserweight champion, Alexander Usyk. This fight would be sanctioned by the WBO. Parker's manager says that he's the A-side and wants a 70-30 split between himself and Usyk. Again, he may have lost his mind, or at least he's setting the stage to ensure that his fight is well taken care of. On Saturday, January 18th, you have Elidia Alvarez, who takes on Michael Seals at the Turning Stone Resort and Casino in Verona, New York, in a battle of light heavyweights, and that is on ESPN, I believe. J-Rock Julian Williams makes his first title defense since beating Jared Hurd last year versus Jesseon Rosario. That'll be on Fox also on Saturday, January 18th. Then the following week on the 25th, on Saturday, Danny Garcia fights for the first time since April 2019 versus Ivan Reddick. That'll be on Showtime. The Zone has a doozy on Thursday, January 30th. I mean, yeah, this fight card is bananas. You have Demetrius Andre defending his WBO middleweight title versus Luke Keeler. Tevin Farmer versus Jojo Diaz, which might be the best card on, or I should say the best fight on that card. Plus, you got Daniel Roman versus Akhmadaliyev. Also, you, you got a YouTuber on that card as well. So you got a lot of fights going on. A lot of things that people will want to see, especially fight fans like us on a Thursday night card. Now, if you're in the area, it's in Miami, which makes it even better. Even if it wasn't the fight going on Miami. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. And on Saturday, February 1st on ESPN. You got Jose Ramirez versus Victor Postal. That'll be in China. Also on that day, you have on FS1, Ugas versus Mike Dallas. That does it for the old one too. After this break, we'll get in a little cage time on the MTMV main card. Keep it locked. Hello? 
everyone. My name is Camille Grant, one of the co-founders of Purely Bachelorette. What we offer is a clean and fun bachelorette party box that is incorporated in bachelorette parties and bridal showers. Not only do we sell products for parties, we are also a community that strives to build each other up with relationship goals, sisterhood, and maturing in life with godly wisdom and advice. Come join us on our website, purelybachelorette.com, and our social media pages under Purely Bachelorette. God bless you and have a great day. is dropped, the chain link door is locked, the thumbs go up and they start the clock it's cage time and first on the clock we're gonna go in somewhat reverse order but stick with me UFC Raleigh which will take place on January 25th curtain jerker for the main card you got undefeated Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill versus 13-3 Darko Stojic. It is a light heavyweight bout. Hill's a Dana White contender series alum who stopped half of his opponents. Darko only has three blemishes on his record, but the last two came in his last fight, and that puts him at 1-2 in the UFC. Win or lose, this could be his last bout. The voices marquee matchup for UFC Raleigh pits Hannah Shockwave Siffers versus Angela Overkill Hill at Strawweight. Siffers is riding a Shockwave into this fight, winning her last couple, which put her at 2-1 in her UFC career. Hill is a tough 20 vet and the former Invicta Strawweight champ. This is her second stint in the UFC, and just like the first, it's kind of mixed results if she defeats Hannah it'll be her first winning streak in the UFC ever Sivers can bang and Hill is a Muay Thai champ this could be a striker's delight and that's why it's the voices marquee matchup you also have Jordan Espinosa and Alex Perez fighting at flyweight both of these gentlemen are 4-1 in the last 5 fights they are both Dana White Contender Series alum. Jordan fought in Seasons 1 and 2 of the Contender Series, where Perez fought in Season 1. Up next, you have Arnold Allen versus Nick Lentz at 145. This is the spot that Josh Emmett was supposed to be in. Lentz filled in for him. And we talked about Emmett's injury, or that he pulled out injured. In the prayer list, definitely praying for him and everyone on the prayer list. Uh, but that should be a decent fight. Arnold Allen has skills. Nick Lentz is a grizzled veteran that always brings it. The co-main event pits Michael the Maverick Chiesa versus Rafael Dos Anjos at Welterweight. RDA is 2-3 and three in his last five. And he just hasn't seemed to find his groove since losing to Kobe Covington. He had the chance to be the first Brazilian to hold two titles at two different weight classes 
and faltered and it just seems like he cannot get it right since then the maverick is three and two in his last five but he's undefeated at welterweight and he looks to keep that streak going versus the former champion the headlining event for ufc in raleigh is curtis the razor blades versus junior dos santos cigano this is a heavyweight bout the only person to beat curtis blades is the predator francis Ngannou. he's the only one to beat him ever professionally in his seven ufc victories four of them have been by stoppages since returning from his USADA suspension, JDS has been unbeaten outside of the Predator. The Predator just keeps taking everybody out, with the exception of Stipe, but he looks to right that wrong too. Anyway, like Blades, he has stopped most of his fights during that time back. It's two and one, stopped two, and then uh, of course lost the one. With a win, Blades should be on a very short list of title challengers at heavyweight. Now, still kind of going in a roundabout fashion, that'll be the first fight shown on January 25th. The second fight will be on the zone, which you know that means it's Bellator. And it's coming from the fabulous forum in Inglewood, California, where Bellator has kicked off their year for about the third straight time. Now, I did fail to mention USC Raleigh is on ESPN+. Plus, So, streaming is the way to go for your fight fix on the 25th. That Bellator card? Man, you got some fighters and some very interesting things going on on that card. On the undercard alone, you got Stockton Native. Chris Avila fighting. You got the person who has the KO of the year, in my estimation, from last year. Raymond Daniels coming back to do the thing. AJ uh, Agazarm is going to be fighting. And he's fighting Adele Altimi. That should be a really, really good fight. You also have um, who else is on this card? Crony Gracie is fighting. Aaron Pico is fighting. And you got Curtis Curtis Millender making his second run in Bellator. This time, really official. Last time, I think he was just kind of filling in and and, uh, one of the fighters who was fighting on Bellator, air quotes, uh, but was selling tickets. This time, he's fighting as a Bellator fighter. Now, on the main card, kicks off with 3-3 Emily King versus 1-0 Ava Knight. Why? Because Knight is a fighter she is a boxer and a former champion her nickname is uh, the lady of boxing she's easy on the eyes you know how Bellator likes to do it get a a pretty young fighter with some skills hope that she pans out for them and uh, that's why they're opening the card with her hoping that she'll draw the eyeballs in and then they're gonna hit us with the voices Marquee match. No, it's not. No, it's not. I take that back. I keep wanting to make it the voices marquee matchup, but there's another fight on the card that's got to get it. But this one almost made it, obviously, if I just said it and then I took it back. Juan the Spaniard Archuleta versus 
Henry Corrales. Corrales has been doing this thing. He knocked Aaron Pico out in his last fight. Archuleta has only lost twice. And the last time he lost was the last time he fought, which was on the featherweight Grand Prix versus the champion Pitbull. So he, he hasn't lost to a slouch, at least not in that fight. And that was the first loss that he had in over four and a half years. So he's looking to get back on track. Like I said, Corrales has been doing the thing. That's why I was like, oh, this is the voice marquee matchup. But not quite. Not quite. There's another fight that's got to get. He's got to get that shine. Dylan Dennis is not the one. <laughs> but he's fighting on this card as well versus Keenan Ginrich. And to my knowledge, all of Dennis's fights have been at 175 pound catch weight. Some people have bandied about that Bellator should adopt the five weight, or I should say the five pound weight classes. So bumping up middleweight from, or I should say bumping down middleweight from 170 to 165 and then opening up a 175 category just to set themselves apart from the UFC. Who knows? They may do as Scott Coker likes to do different things. Either way it goes, he has a lot of 175-pound catchweight bouts, and Dennis gets quite a few of them. Also on this card, you have the debut of the phenom, Sergio Pettis. He'll be taking on Alfred some last name that is Eastern European that I'm not going to try. Got a decent record, though. 11-4. The voices marking matchup is the co-main event. It is a five-round bout. Why? Because it is a quarterfinal bout for the Featherweight Grand Prix. Adam the Kid Borses. I know I just messed that up. Versus Darion the Wolf Caldwell. Why is this the voices marquee matchup? over Archuleta versus Corrales. One, these gentlemen are still in the mix when it comes to the welterweight Grand Prix. That's one. Two, the kid is a beast. He's so beastly that when it came time to pick who will fight whom where, his is a spot that was wide open. Nobody wanted to face this dude. The only reason Caldwell got in is because the champ, Pitbull, decided that he was going to fight Pedro Carvalho, who is the fighter that Darion Caldwell picked to fight in the first place. So that moved him over into this fight. That's why I want to see it. You have a former champ, a decorated wrestler in Caldwell taking on the kid who is undefeated, 14-0, been killing the game. Knocking out everybody that they put in front of him and or just making sure that he gets the victory. Oh, man. I, th this is a true test for Borgs as all of his fights will be going forward until he loses. But this is a true test for him. This will be a feather in his cap. And the fact that nobody wanted to fight him is the reason that this is the voice of marquee matchup. There's a reason everyone keeps ducking him. And that's because the kids got the goods. The main event on the main card pits the champion 
Women's featherweight titleist Julia Budd at 13 and 2 taking on arguably the greatest to ever do it. Being a female, that is. Chris Cyborg bringing her 12, I'm sorry, 21 and 2 record to the Bellator cage. This will be Cyborg's debut, just as his Pettis's, just as his Millinder's. She'll be debuting in Bellator on this card. Now, she's fought for Scott Coker in the past in Strike Force, but this is the first time that she'll be fighting in Strike Force 2.0, is really what Bellator has become. This should be a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. Bud has been blowing away the competition in Bellator and having an established name and not just an established name a fighter who still has fight left to give and a marquee fighter in Cyborg if Bud can pull off that win oh my goodness it would speak volumes she'd be only the third person to beat Cyborg and the second to do so in a decade that would be phenomenal however this is Cyborg we're talking about and if she does like Cyborg loves to do and knocks Bud out then she will have held a belt in like nearly every major organization that there's been she will have held UFC title Strikeforce title and then, oh, an Invicta title and a Bellator title. She'd be the first one to do that. So she has the ability to make history and make history in her own backyard. She lives in Huntington Beach, California, which is a suburb of LA. She's there in SoCal, not quite as far down as where she resides, but close enough that the cyborg army should be in tow for this fight now you're saying okay you said you were going to do things a little different you said you were kind of jumping around a bit now let's get down to ufc 246 which i know you've been waiting to hear about it kicks off with the first major fight card that was announced for this specific event which is Showtime Pettis versus Diego Fajeda. I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Showtime's coming back down to lightweight to fight for the first time. He had been competing at 170. And then he ran into... Um, who beat him? Was that... that it wasn't Masvidal. Um... I forget who beat him, but somebody beat him, and he decided, I was done, I'm done with uh, 170, I'm going back to 155, so he's coming back to 155, facing Fajeda, um, it's a fight, <laughs> it's a fight, and, and you just don't know what you're getting with Pettis, because he has been so inconsistent as of late, he was looking good at 170, which is why he continued to fight there, but um, yeah, he, it just wasn't good for him. Nate Diaz, that's who it was. He ran into Nate Diaz, who sent him back to 155. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. And this fight will be 
the first fight on the car. So hopefully we'll have a bit of action there. Voices marquee matchup for this card. I'm sorry, it's Claudia Gadelia and Alexa Grasso. Why? Because I love Claudia Gadelia. I do. I just do. She is super cute with her big head and that mole on her face. I can't help it. I love Claudia Gadelia. Doesn't hurt that she can scrap. And it doesn't hurt that she's facing Alexa Grasso, who can also scrap. These ladies have mad, mad skills. And Claudia really needs a win. But Alexa could be her foil. If Claudia uses her ground attack, which she's been working on a lot since leaving Nova Unyao, she should be able to get Grasso. If they decide to keep it on the feet, Grasso might have the advantage there. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Um, this is truly an emotional pick for me as far as being the voice of Marky matchup. And it's because I just love Claudia Gadelia. So whenever she fights, I'm tuned in to see what she's doing. The third fight on the card is a heavyweight fight. And that's probably why it's the third fight on the card. You got Alexi Olenek, uh, the boa constrictor, versus Maurice Green. Uh, Green can bang. The boa constrictor's name is that because that's what he does. He's had whew, nearly 80 fights at this point. And he likes to choke people out. He is the king of the Ezekiel choke. And he'll be looking to submit green and green will look to keep it standing and try to knock him out so uh, we will see whose game plan is victorious on that saturday night it could be kind of sloppy and, and and boring too if green is unable to do anything and olenic can't get it to the ground again it, it's a it is a wild card fight in the third spot now the co-main event is a rematch between holly holm and rocky pennington the rematch that nobody asked for <laughs> nobody at all um and really it's, it's close to a loser leave town kind of fight holly is like two and three in our last five. Rocky's three and two, including a win over Aldana in our last fight, which is looking real good. Because if I'm not mistaken, Aldana just knocked off Ketlin Vieira, who had she won, she probably would have been fighting for the title in her next fight. So that fight is looking real good for Rocky. It was a split decision. And it was her first win in nearly three years due to missing fights uh, for injuries and inactivity and things like that. You just don't know how things are going to go in this fight. They both have some name value, Holly, more than Rocky, of course. But uh, Rocky has challenged for the title, so she's known. Holly is the darling that knocked out ronda rousey and did not want that to be her legacy but outside of being tough that has been her legacy now the main event for ufc 246 is getting the main event treatment 
So let's take a pause of the calls, and when I come back, it's time for the main event. Yeah, yeah. RAERadio.com brings you the block every day from 8 to midnight central time we got the best in urban inspirational music so every night gonna swing through the block on raeradio.com yo this is maddie ray and you're listening to mtmv sports Red corn, are you ready? Blue, what about you? Well, all right, it's time for the main event of the MTMV main card. And this one is of epic proportions. In the red corner, you have a fighter who has defined the sport of mixed martial arts, has become the face and the highest paid fighter in MMA history Conor McGregor a man who has made enough money through fighting to go on and do things that can set his family for life if he gets his life right because unfortunately his life has been all over the place and he's lost his way He's, he's stated that, that, you know, he'd been going down the wrong road, doing the wrong things, and that he's a different person now. He's a different fighter now. We'll see when he gets in the, in the cage. I don't know if being a different fighter is such a good thing because being the fighter he was is what lifted him to heights never seen before. Conor McGregor has polarized and transcended MMA. He's polarized it in that his actions outside of the cage have caused many people to sour on him, including myself. He's transcended the sport in that his boxing efforts and all of the other things that he's done have made him a household name. But he knows that fighting is what brought him to the dance. And he's dancing with the partner that brought him again for the first time in over a year. The question is, how is he going to do? Because the last time he fought, oh, he got absolutely demolished. And it was the worst beating that he received in his, U- uh, not UFC, but it was the worst beating he received in his MMA career at the hands of Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, Dana said with the win that they would make that fight again. And it just makes business sense to do that because they made more money on that fight than any other fight. So more pay-per-views ever. So yeah, they, they want to do that again. They're looking to do that again. They need they 
don't even need an excuse. They just want any inkling, any reason to try to book it again. How does Connor win? He wins the same way that he has won forever, being the sniper that he is. Picking his shots, using accuracy. That's how he gets it done. Using, as Rashad Evans has said, who is a former teammate of Cowboy Cerrone. He said, look, Cowboy's body is is weak. He does not like receiving body shots. I mean, that, that's been out there on him forever. You hit him in the body and he starts to will. Connor does have an excellent front kick to the body. And after a couple of those, I can see that slowing Cowboy down. But really, he doesn't have to necessarily slow him down that much. At least not in the beginning because Cowboy is notoriously a slow starter. So if Connor can jump on him and jump on him quick, he's got the advantage. That's how Connor gets it done. He jumps on him. He jumps on him quick. Hits him in the body with those front kicks that he has. He's got a nice roundhouse to the body as well. Hits Cowboy with those things. Snipe a shot with the right hand. We know that Cowboy can be knocked out. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about all the knockouts that he's received in just a moment. At least as of late. So, that's how he gets it done. Same way he gets it done with everyone. Now, Cowboy, on the other hand... If he wins again, it it it's really the the title fight that he's never been able to win. He's always lost in the big fights. He lost a split decision to Jamie Jamie Varner back in the WEC days. He lost the WEC belt, or I should say, lost. In a bid to gain the WEC lightweight belt three times, twice to Benson Henderson. He got knocked out in about a minute by RDA the last time he stepped up and tried to win a championship. And unfortunately, the last two fights he's fought, he's been knocked out. The man is four and six, four and six in his last 10 fights, including losing his last two. And he's fighting Conor McGregor. And I grant it, Conor hasn't won many fights either. At least not within the past three years. So, it it is what it is. Cowboy, on the other hand, let's talk about some of these losses that he's had. At least over the last ten fights. First fight that he lost within that time frame was a knockout loss to Masvidal. That has aged very, very well. That's aged real well. Then he got he lost a decision to Robbie Lawler. Both of these were at 170 pounds. So I mean you can't you can't say much about that. You lost a decision to Robbie Lawler, and it was an excellent fight. Hey, you know it, it is what it is. Lost to Till by KO. Till went on to fight for the title, so you can't say much about that. Lost to Edwards by decision. If Edwards beats his next opponent, which supposedly will be Woodley, he probably is fighting for a title. That's not so bad either. Lost to 
the uncrowned king of the lightweight division, Tony Ferguson, in the people's main event for that card. I mean, it's Tony Ferguson. Who doesn't Tony Ferguson beat? And I'm saying it right now. I believe he's a man to take Habib out. We'll see in April, but that's just my take on it. Anyway, and you know I don't give picks as far as fights are concerned. But if anyone can do it, I believe that Tony can because it's a ground game. I digress. That was a two-round war. He lost that fight. Then he lost to the highlight, Justin Gagey. Round one knockout. Hey, Gagey knocks a lot of people out in the first round. So, though he's lost those six fights, none of those fights, when you look at it, are bad losses, per se, because of the level of opposition that he was up against. The last time that he won a grudge match at welterweight, because the Ferguson and the Gagey fights were at lightweight. The last time he he won a grudge match at light at uh, welterweight, I'm sorry, was versus Mike Perry, and now this has become a grudge match because he feels like everyone's counting him out. When you look at this record, you should be counting him out, but this is a cowboy, and you never know what you're going to get out of cowboy. Like I said, he lost to Benson Henderson twice in title bouts in the WEC. When they fought in the UFC, he pulled out a split decision win. How does Cowboy win the fight? He wins it if he does what he did in that grudge match with Mike Perry and he takes it to the ground. The the, the playbook is already out there on Connor as well. His ground game sucks. He literally has no ground game. And Cowboy's jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. If he can get it to the ground, he will tap out Conor McGregor. He will win. That will be his crowning achievement. If he does that, he really should quit. He's not going to because this is Cowboy. He'll probably fight again within a couple months just because that's Cowboy. But that's how he gets it done. He gets it to the ground. Now, he's already said, I'm a stubborn guy, and I want to stand and bang with this guy. That would be dumb. Maybe he's saying that because he wants to kind of bait Connor and doesn't want to let him know what he's going to do. I believe he said the same thing about Perry as well, but we know what happened. So if he wants to win the fight, he takes it to the ground and taps out Connor. If Connor loses badly, his days as a major draw may be done. Now, you know, if he just gets him down real quick, taps him out, that probably won't be enough to do it. But if he catches him, <laughs> If, if Cowboy catches Connor with one of his patented head kicks, ooh, yeah, that 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 might be that might spell the end for Connor's days as a major draw, and simply because his fighting has been so sparse, and he's been losing. He's been losing. He's not been winning. 
he's been losing. So, yeah, that he, again, his days could be done with a bad loss. A loss, not so much. And for Cowboy, win or lose, he's still Cowboy. He's still going into the Hall of Fame. You're still going to want to tune in to see him next time he fights because that is the legacy that he has created for himself. He wanted to be must-watch TV. And now the world will be watching. That does it for episode 119 of the MTMV main card. Make sure that you're checking out the Huddle Up on YouTube. That is our weekly show where we talk about a number of of topics. Your man, the voice gets it in there every week regarding fights. So make sure that you're tuning in to that to keep your fight fix going with MTMV Sports. You can also listen to us on the uh, MTMV Sports and Music Show on Dash Radio every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific time on GH3 Radio, the one with the golden dove. So you can check us out there every week. I should have a reaction time for you for UFC 246. So you'll be able to catch that on YouTube. If all goes according to plan, I'll be back with another main card for UFC 247, which is in a couple weeks. And I'll probably bless you with a main event for the Wilder Fury card. Because got to talk about that one. So if I can keep the main thing the main thing. Or I should say I'm doing all this to keep the main thing the main thing. Which for me is timeout. So make sure you catch that on Sunday mornings on your favorite podcast platform. Because that's one of the most important podcasts that I can create. So... That, that's where my focus is because, uh, yeah, it's my love. Or I should say at least combining my great love, my greatest love, and one of my greater loves, my number three love, which is sports. So sports fans, rejoice, my team, my voice. Until next time, it's your man, the voice host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off.